Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Pharrell on a bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out the band. See the broken ain't a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad letters. Bad taste. Bad luck. Bad dude. Bad breath. Bad attention. Bad vibes. We are live in the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios in New York. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion shake it up. Should do be all my friend that come around, fight to fight to party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, this town's a tattoo. My brain's splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake out of Are you with us tonight from New York? 855-212-4CBS-4227 is our toll-free hotline brought to you by Geico. Great news. You can save a bunch of money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% on your car insurance. Coming up at uh, 1020 here at the beginning of the show, uh, Jake Hager. He's fighting at Bellator 231 this Friday at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut up in the woods. His nickname is Jack Swagger. You've heard of him. He's the former uh, WWE wrestler turned MMA fighter fighting out of Tampa, Florida. He goes by Jack Hager now, but his nickname is Jack Swagger. People may know him from WWE. He's also been um, the world heavyweight uh, champion, the ECW uh, champion, WWE United States champion, and he left in 2017 to pursue an MMA career. We'll talk to him. He uh, is also uh, working with AEW now and Chris Jericho. So we'll talk to Jack Hager coming up. World Series now, a deep drive to the wall. It's going to be four to two Nationals, maybe more. They're lighting up Garrett Cole, doing five to two. Doing everything the Yankees couldn't do last week, get big hits against Garrett Cole. And Soto just had another big hit. Didn't he have a home run earlier? He didn't just have a home run. Ball hasn't landed yet. He hit it to Dallas. So much for the six days off that the Nationals have no chance. They're kicking Garrett Cole's ass tonight in Houston. How does that taste? They were down 2-1. They were up one nothing, right? And then down 2-1. So Soto hit the home run in the first? No, Soto hit the one that tied the game. Oh, that tied it. Yes. So they scored a run a- in the Astros first. Astros were up 2-1. to one. So was it one nothing Nationals? They scored first. So I just I wondered if they had scored first. Anyway, I guess it doesn't matter. They're up five two now. 
Houston scored first. Yeah, then, then they Nashville, scored in the second. Right, there you go. And then came back and tied it. And now they put up Zimmerman's home run t- uh, made it 2-1. Soto made it 2-2. Eaton single. Suzuki scores, uh, makes it 3-2. And then Soto double. Rendon and Robles score. It's 5-2 in the fifth with two outs and a runner at second in Soto. Off the double, off the wall, and left. So the Nationals are in big trouble here in Game 1 of the World Series already. You know what they say, uh, the winner of Game 1 has won 18 of the last 22 World Series, except the 2017 series that the Astros lost Game 1, and they still won, right? They won the World Series, so there you go. Uh, Opening night of the NBA season, we can't watch it because it's raining here, and when it rains in New York, the network uh, has no televisions. Every night, no matter what, if it rains or snows, we have no TV. So that's that. So I have no idea what's happening in those games. 199 Raptors, 644 left. They lead by just one. The Pelicans have been their worst nightmare all night long. All night long. They led by double digits early. They've been kicking their ass the whole night. Nothing but problems. You give people big rings, have a a flag, pennant, banner raising. Everybody gets drunk, and then you lose the game. Right? They just are not playing well tonight. I watched for a while. They did not look good at all. And that's called no Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) That's what that is. Because the rest of them are are just average, right? Bottom line, I like Siakam. I like Gasol. I like Lowry. But let's face facts. Without uh, Kyrie or uh, Kawhi Leonard, they're screwed. It looks that way, right? I mean, immediately. Lakers, Clippers to follow at the bottom of the hour when this game's over. I'm looking forward to that and not being able to watch it. Is it still raining that hard out there? If it even drizzles, we have no TVs here. You knew that, right? Like, you're on top of that. My power went out at my uh, Ferrella Palatial just now for an hour. I mean, it's barely raining and the power goes out. What kind of world do we live in, honestly, where it rains and the power goes out? Seriously. Do you know in, like, Las Vegas, they have all, and, like, you know, they have all the power underground, right? They're all, like, power lines under the, uh, they're all, like, you know, underground. They don't have telephone poles and wires all over neighborhoods. Haven't they figured out yet? You know what? They can't replace it. That's their problem. Because once it's set in stone for, for 60 years, you know, power by telephone poles and wires, they can't change it. So whenever trees go down, guess what happens? Whenever branches go down, guess what happens? Whenever it snows and branches break and hits the power lines, guess what happens? No power. So I can't win. The power, it rains out at my house, the power goes out. I mean, it rains and the power goes out. It's, it's embarrassing. It, that, you, you know, you would think it, it would go out when there's driving rain, wind, a nor'easter, maybe snow, a blizzard, and, you know, it's 50 below and the wind's blowing. But, no, here in New Jersey where I live in hell, if it just rains a little, the power goes out. I mean, my power went out the, on the weekend Saturday. It was sunny out, and I lost power three times. That's because some guy was smoking bong rips and tipped over, uh, fell over drunk and hit a converter box. That was the end of the whole neighborhood for everyone. I'm just making that up. I, I thought it sounded good. I want to watch the Laker Clipper game now. Gee, damn it. Can I get a, a TV that works in here? None of them are going to work the whole night. Is that the deal? Can I get it on ESPN Plus? They don't have the rights, do they? So it won't be on there. It's TNT night. TNT needs to get a live stream going. What's the problem here? Jesus. It is so embarrassing. I, I've never seen anything like how the. 
the dish here never works. If it rains or the wind blows, anything, it just goes out. The TV's out all night if it rains. And it rains here five days a week. It's like London. London calling. It rains here so much. A bunch of trades in the NFL today as the Pats get Mohamed Sanu from the Falcons. The rich just keep getting richer. Emmanuel Sanders goes to the Niners from Denver. And the Lions' safety, Quandry Diggs, heads to Seattle, much to the chagrin of his teammates who were very upset about it. Not happy. Darius Slay let it be known that he wasn't having it. We'll see a lot more deals, you think, before next week's deadline? Probably. I think so. It seems like the last couple of years the NFL has opened up with more of like a, you know, an MLB, NHL, NBA type of trade deadline feel. Right. Uh, Florida State uh, AD David Coburn dismisses talk on Willie Taggart's status, saying specifically the Urban Meyer rumors, quote, if he were hit by a bus tomorrow, we would not target Coach Meyer, period, end quote. That should sum it up. That's probably as uh, emphatic <laughs> you could get, well, right? I told you last night those rumors were going around five years, $50 million that they were going to get Urban Meyer in Tallahassee. And you and I have always said it's USC. Why would you go to Florida State if you could get USC? And the AD did say after that, you know, nothing against Coach Meyer. I would say the same thing about Steve Spurrier. Let's just be fair. They won national championships at Florida with the Gators. You know, we're not hiring them here in Tallahassee. It's that simple. Yeah, so uh, those rumors have been uh, shot down for the time being. 855-212-4227. The Astros are down 5-2, bottom five, one out. Scherzer on the mound. Uh, Jake Hager up next on the bench. He's fighting Friday at Bellator 231 in Connecticut. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4CBS to get on the bench. Let's bring him in, Jake Hager. He's fighting uh, at Mohegan on Sunday in Connecticut in Bellator 231. Everybody knows him uh, mostly from uh, wrestling, and uh, they certainly know him from the WWE. And I was saying before, everything he's done uh, in terms of his career uh, wrestling. He, he's now doing uh, AEW with Jericho and these guys, the inner circle, I think they call it, or something like that. Uh, he has been uh, on all of these uh, different cards, and he's a badass. Now he's doing MMA fighting in Bellator. How you doing, Jake? Hey, man. I'm doing good. Thanks for the introduction. My man, so you, uh, I got to tell you, we were just uh, evaluating your life here before you came on uh, the show, and uh, one of the things we like to do is uh, scroll through and see, you know, what's going on with the guy and everything. And we noticed, and we're very uh, fond of you because uh, you have a smoke show wife, okay? So, like, I got a hot wife. You have a hot wife. This is, I think, more important than actually anything, more important than the fight Friday, more important than your wrestling career, more important than money, more important than fame, more important than limousines. And, and you know, like uh, Ric Flair would say, Woo, having a little juice. You got a smoke show hottie, so I'm a big fan of yours right from the jump. Man, did I outkick my coverage or what? I am telling you. If I don't get that W on Wednesday, that smoke show is going to turn into smoke. I got to keep her happy. (laughs) I believe that because if you you lose, then uh, you'll be a failure. Uh, It rained tonight at my house. The power went out. My wife called me a bunch of names and blamed me for the power going out. It's the same kind of problem you got, Jake. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I, I learned a long time ago just to agree with her, and uh, I'll last longer. So, so you know, tell me about your uh, your your flip to MMA. How, in God's name, 
Uh, I guess you saw other guys doing it. There's so many great wrestlers that have turned into MMA fighters because you were a, a, certainly a great wrestler at, uh, at Oklahoma. You went to Norman, I think, and, and uh, you obviously learned your craft there because you were a serious wrestler, and then you get into the wrestling game to make money. But a lot of guys have flipped to MMA. How do you like it? You know what? I really like it. To me, it was essentially getting back to my roots. Uh, growing up in Perry, Oklahoma, there's not a lot going on, so we would go wrestle anywhere and any place we could. And uh, it really is who I am. And it, you introduced me, as most people know me from wrestling, and WWE is Jack Swagger. And so they're kind of surprised to see this crossover. But if you grew up with me, if you know Jake Hager, uh, this isn't a, a far They understand that. This is partly what I've done all my life, and it just makes sense when you look at the popularity of both MMA and pro wrestling to try and capitalize on it and really uh, do a successful crossover, be my own boss, and, you know, grow my brand. How did you uh, – because when you went to Oklahoma, obviously, uh, to wrestle, you also, unless I'm mistaken uh, – uh, played football there for at least a year, didn't you? Like, who were you? Who were you playing for? Yeah, I uh, I, w- I was recruited under Bob Stoops' second year. They right. just won the national title in 2000. I graduated in May of 2001. Um, I was there under a full scholarship for football. Uh, went to the Rose Bowl and uh, 01 or 02. And right after um, O2, the head coach of the wrestling team called me, said the heavyweight was ineligible. They didn't have a backup, and they needed me to come over for the second half of the season. I came over, did all right, and kind of just got the bug for wrestling again and decided to leave uh, the NFL dreams behind and switch over to wrestling. And, you know, in my mind, I was telling myself I was going to focus more on my academics and uh, finish out my wrestling career uh, but really, I really think I just wanted to get back to wrestling, and I had missed it. You like violence, obviously. Uh, anybody that likes uh, wrestling has to understand pain. What does uh, Catalina, Knox, and Presley think of Daddy getting uh, punched in the face all night for real and having dudes try to, uh, you know, tear your head off, and, and it's not, you know, uh, acting? Uh, you know... Nobody keeps me more humble than those three. Honestly, they could care less how many world championships I have. To me, I'm just dad, and I better do right by them or they're going to kick me out. So it's pretty funny. Um, It wasn't really until I left the WWE that they realized that their dad was on television. And even now, I just tell them I'm going to a wrestling show. And they'll watch the fight, and, you know, thankfully they haven't been too brutal to where they're really asking a lot of questions. I'm sure they will down the line. Um, Catalina is a huge MMA fan. She always has been. uh, She's a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. She's got a little bit of a striking background. So she was one of the main influences and uh, to to push me towards it, and uh, it really made sense uh, to do it. How is uh, Jake Hager with us? Uh, you know him as Jack Swagger. He's fighting uh, Anthony Garrett on Friday at Mohegan in Connecticut in the woods at uh, Bellator 231. Um, so uh, I have to ask you, like, uh, you know, uh, when you when you did the deal with Coker, uh, I mean, you've done a lot of deals because, you, you know, you've done deals with Vince. You've done deals in ECW. Uh, you've done 
Uh, now you're doing AEW with Jericho, all these guys. You know how to do deals. What was it like uh, seeing the kind of capital that you would earn as an MMA fighter f- at the beginning? Because at the beginning, you're not getting tons of money to fight. You have to earn belts and titles and, and status and rock star like leverage, right, before they start giving you tons of money. What was it like dealing with Scott? I'm friends with Scott, and I know him well. He's been on the show a million times. I've done a lot of Bellator cards uh, live in person. What was it like dealing with him, uh, with a guy with your experience doing deals? You know what? It was uh, very refreshing. Coming from the WWE where they treat their talent a certain way, I really gravitated, gravitated towards Bellator because you saw the trend in fighters wanting to go over there because they were getting better deals and getting more freedom with it. And so it was really a breath of fresh air to talk to Scott and how willing he was to work with me and allow me to keep wrestling. And, you know, that's a great point. That first fight, uh, it was really hard to um, to pay for camp because in the pro wrestling world, if you're not working, uh, you're not getting paid. And so I, I was like dying, like trying to figure out how am I going to, you know, miss three months of wrestling on the independent circuit uh, and, and pay for all this. And I ended up even having to get a second mortgage on my house uh, in order to, uh, in order to pay for that first camp and, and to, you know, get that first one in the books. And then, it makes it a little bit easier after that because you're kind of working on that purse, you know, and the leftovers. And so you have a little bit of leeway when you go into the second camp and now even more when you go into the third camp. But at first it was a lot of juggling and there were many nights where I put my daughter down and she was going to bed and I'm like holding her and I'm almost in tears and I'm like, you know, pumping myself up like, you know, man up. It's time to step up, figure this out, and take care of business and provide for these guys. Because to me, that means more than any championship. Right. What is, um, uh, like, I have to ask you, like, because I'm friends with a lot of these guys, Taz, Miz, uh, Big Sexy, uh, uh, Old Man Kevin, legendary uh, wrestler. Uh, Great people. Yeah, like cool dudes. Uh, I've been friends with those guys forever. Taz works here, and I've known Miz forever, and, and Big Sexy's been coming on my show since I was on Howard Stern Days. What, what was it like for you to be a part of that and to, like, uh, now to be, you know, working with Jericho and that inner circle? You guys seem to have a really cool thing going where I saw, actually, you got some kick-ass ratings uh, that nobody expected that soon with the new venture you're doing. Yeah, uh, highest-rated debut on TNT in five years. Really excited about where the future can take us. Um, look, man, I have to look back at my years at WWE uh, with a fond art, you know, because I got to work with great people like Miz, like Big Sexy, uh, like Taz, and I would not be in this position with Bellator, with AEW, if it wasn't for that. So I have to look at that like, man, I was very blessed to have that opportunity I made the most of it, and, uh, you know, I'm glad to move on. And I think it really showed after that first fight. Uh, I had so many uh, people that I worked with from the WWE, you know, really stand up on social media and stand up for me and show their support and get their fans to rally for me as well, which is very, very humbling. Are you fighting at, uh, at, at honest to God, because you're a monster, uh, 6'4", 265. I'm 6'3", 215. My producer's 6'5", 240. Uh, I'd like to see you fight him. But uh, are you are you rocking 265 into this fight with Anthony Garrett on, on Friday, or are you weighing less than that now? 
I'm less than that. I'm uh, I'm about 251 right now, which, you know, for the first two fights, I weighed in at 238, 239. So I feel like I had a, a better uh, fight camp this week or this year uh, for this fight, you know, really focus on keeping the weight on because this is going to be my biggest test in the cage. Uh, Mr. Garrett is all of 265, and I know he's going to want to be a heavyweight and get that weight on top of me. So we wanted to add a little more junk in the trunk and uh, not lose any speed with it. Uh, but I'm a, I'm a tall, lanky guy. My knuckles drag the ground. Uh, keeping weight on has always been uh, my arch nemesis. Uh, and so we really have to focus on it. But at the same time, uh, it, it's coming along as we get more and more into this fight game. So she's your wife, uh, Catalina. You told me she's a, a jiu-jitsu black belt and everything. Uh, and then where, what is your status now as, as uh, with belts, like in terms of how you've transitioned in MMA? Are you also a black belt in jiu-jitsu? And essentially what I'm asking is, can your smoke show hottie wife beat your ass? <laughs> um, yes, I have been punched in the face by my smoke show hottie of a wife. <laughs> yes, she can bring it. No, I will not say what I said to her again. <laughs> um, I'm a blue belt in jujitsu. Um, uh, and at first, she really thought she could hang with me. Um, but I have been training so much now. I, I think I have definitely uh, surpassed her in that game. But you know what's really awesome is she has really gotten into uh, wrestling. She was never really exposed to amateur wrestling. Um, and so now she loves doing takedowns. Every Saturday we're out in the garage and we're doing takedown practice, and she's quick, man. So who knows? Maybe soon down the line we could talk Mr. Coker into uh, having the first husband and wife uh, fight on the same card. I like that. I think that's a plan. Uh, last thing I'll say to you, uh, just so you know, uh, we're fans of yours because of your, the similarities you have with us. We like to, well, I know you don't, but we like to get baked and go eat In-N-Out Burger uh, as much as possible when we're in Vegas or L.A. We always go to In-N-Out Burger. We have In-N-Out Burger uh, magnets on our locker here at CBS in New York City. We're the only like true, genuine East Coast In-N-Out Burger fanatics. And I saw photos of you eating multiple bags of In-N-Out Burger. So I'll leave you with that. You're a badass. Good luck with uh, the fight with Anthony Garrett on Friday night at Mohegan. We'll be watching Bellator 231. It's great getting to know you. Congrats on your success and your family, your wife, uh, your son, your daughter. Keep rocking. Good luck on Friday. Thanks for coming on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. A lot of fun. All right, there he is. Jack Swagger, Jack Hager fighting at Bellator 231 on Friday night, this Friday at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. So anyway, uh, make sure you sign up for PharrellOnTheBench.com. How about uh, Saturday, 69% in college football. I hit uh, my top pick, three of my top four, seven of my top ten. And then for the week in the NFL, 71% of my bets covered, documented. Boom. What else is there to say? Sign up. Hide the money from your wife. PharrellOnTheBench.com. It's F-E-R-R-A-L-L. A couple things I wanted to mention. A, is there anything worse than a fight that's going to go down when the guys are like friends? At Canelo and Kovalev, have you seen these guys doing their press tour? They're like best friends. They're like laughing, hugging, knuckles, high-fiving. 
taking selfies, hugging each other, smiling, getting along. What's next? They're going to like go out and spend the night together? I wouldn't buy that fight on principle just for that. Like, I mean, if I don't see that you got, like, at least fake it. At least pretend like you don't like each other for six, for five months, whatever it is, before the fight. Like, if I see that, you already, as a casual fan, you have no chance of bringing me to the table to watch that fight. So, uh, Sergey commented on how Canelo was beating up as he prepared his body to jump two weight classes to fight Kovalev as a light heavy. The first time Canelo's ever fought at that weight. The difference is, just so you know, between these fighters, so I know them both really well, uh, is that, and I've seen them both fight many times. Here's the deal. Kovalev is at the end of his career, right? He'll never admit that, but he is. And Canelo is still in his prime. He's still got it, right? He's at the uh, peak of his career where he's, you know, dominating everyone he faces, and he won't even, he doesn't even want to fight uh, Triple G anymore. Do you understand? He beat him twice. He's like, I'm bored with that. So he's beat him twice, no matter what people think, the judges, whatever. He got two W's against him. That's all that matters. He's the champ. And the bottom line is, you know, people talk about Bernard Hopkins and everybody talking about how he can fight this guy who's bigger than him and heavier than him. He's going to beat his ass. Okay? That's what's going to happen. Canelo's going to beat him. Did you see him fight Yard? Yard should have beat him. Yard roughed him up and literally beat him senseless. The guy was looked like he was going to drop, and then he knocked him out. Do you remember, like, in the 11th round with a jab, he knocked out Yard finally in the 11th? I'm telling you, he's not. He, I don't think he has it anymore. I, I don't think he's got a lot left in the tank to take on some young animal like Canelo. He's an animal. The guy's a freak. The other thing I wanted to mention just briefly is that I saw the Raptors – uh, championship rings, I have to say, they are so obnoxious. They're so huge. They look like literally they're the size of a Rolex watch on your finger, right? Like, so it, it looks like a watch. It's so big. You cannot wear a ring on your hand ever that is that big. I don't care who you are. Have you ever seen these guys, they wear these championship rings around and they'll go out with their championship ring on or you see them on TV and they'll have like a Super Bowl ring on and they're, you know, manageable. This thing that they got is literally, it looks like, uh, it honestly is the size of a, a giant watch on, on their finger. Like, have you seen, like, they show it on people's fingers. It's so, <laughs> you can't even wear it out in public. You, you look like an idiot. The things There's no way you can wear that ring. It's enormous. You can't, you can't wear that. All you can do is uh, put it in the safety deposit box. According to the Raptors, it has 640 diamonds in it. It's a record for the most of any pro championship ring ever. And rubies, too, all around where they have all the numbers of the players. There's rubies between every one of them. It's ridiculous. 74 diamonds. Uh, those have a face made of 74 diamonds, custom-made uh, baguette diamonds to make up uh, – the Toronto skyline. The outer edge of the ring of slime is 16 rubies. It has more total, 640 diamonds total. It's so enormous that it's like, I mean, congratulations. You're the champs. You get it. You win. You know, nobody else can say anything. But those rings are obnoxious. They're too big. What, what are you going to do with that? You can't even put that on your hand. You look like an idiot. Who would go out in public with that on their hand? It covers their entire hand. The ring's too big. That's it. That's all there is to it. It's too big. It's obnoxious. It looks stupid. And that that's it. That's final. <laughs> there you go.
And then everybody, you know, wants one. Drake got one. They're all getting them. Of course, Drake got one. Isn't he the team chaplain or something? The ambassador? Is the mascot. He the, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Honestly, that ring, and I see one Shaq's wearing here, too. He's got one on. It's the size of Texas. Do people really like, seriously, do they, they really like rings that big? Because I don't. I, I would never wear a ring. That, do you even ever see me wear a wedding ring, Mafia, ever? Have you ever seen me have a ring on my hands? No, I haven't. I got a lot of rings. I don't wear them. I don't, I don't wear them. I don't wear rings. I wear a chain on my neck and my wrist. That's it. I'm a loser. Just wanted to say that at the end. I, you know, I'm jealous that I don't have a championship ring. I got championship banners, though, right, Mafia? Yes, you do. So number of them. I got eight of those. So all I know is uh, their rings look stupid. I don't care. Cost. They should give out championship rings. For what? That gym? Yeah. Yeah. How much it costs to play and to be a member? At least give the replica ones like the Toronto fans got. That's ridiculous, too, that like every fan at Dennis Tonight got a replica wing. Oh, a fake ring. They got a fake ring, yeah. That's been a thing lately. That's like a big giveaway at arenas now is Uh, the replica championship rings. Oh, is that right? The Islanders gave out uh, a couple weeks ago. They did uh, the, the 80 Stanley Cup team. They had an alumni weekend, and they gave out the rings. Wasn't the size, obviously, of what the Raptors were rocking with today, but it was pretty cool. It was like a, re- and it was such a difference from what the rings are today because it was the 1980 Yankees did it this uh, either this summer or last summer with the either 09 or the 99 team, one of those. Right. So it's like a that's like a new thing in sports. So they transition from bobbleheads to rings. Yeah, that seems to be like the new stadium giveaway. Of course, your team needs to win a title for that. Yeah, you got to have titles. So I have no idea what's happening in that uh, overtime game. Uh, is it 127-122 Raptors with a minute 20 left? They're up five. The line was seven. Let's go get that cover. They won't cover. They'll win by six, watch. Or seven, because they won't cover. They got to win by eight. So the Pelicans, like, choked away a huge lead early in this game. Oh, they led by double digits. They were killing them. Twice they had a double-digit lead. I was watching at home where the uh, power goes out, and it's just like here at work. Whenever it rains, there's no TVs. This is absolutely painful. It's the worst. Does that not drive you nuts, being in here every night and the TVs never work? I mean, we're running. Are, are we not? The weird part is, is that the World Series is working fine. Because that's on local. Right. It's not the cable. Right? So we don't have the cable. We don't have TNT on the local channels. It's only on the cable. So uh, it's unbelievable to me. It really is. No offense to anybody. I'm not blaming anybody. But to me, it's so backward-assed that you have, you know what I mean? I'm like at a a sports network where, do you think, uh, I'm just just saying this. Like, do you think like uh, ESPN and Bristol, they have like no TVs working? (laughs) I mean, honestly. Seriously. Shouldn't the TVs always work at the at the like you know sports network? <laughs> you know? Aren't we supposed to be like watching sports all night and talking about sports, but we can't watch any of it and we can't see any of it? It's just unbelievable to me. It really is, and it's not anyone's fault. It's just that the dishes are on the roof and they're clearly pointed in a horrible position toward the sky, and they're obviously bouncing off other skyscrapers. Right? That's the bottom line. It's got to be. It's got to be that it's the direction of the dishes because they're pointing them up and they're hitting another. They're obviously hitting something. They're hitting a, another building in the downtown here, 
And uh, that's it. There's no way they can get a clear shot at the sky is what it is. I don't know if you've ever done it in your satellite radio, right? You drive around and, and, you know, certain places you drive, like it's woodsy and, you know, you're in like Long Island or something out by your house, Carver High in the woods, you're in the woods or something, and then the thing doesn't work. Have you ever done that where you're driving and it doesn't, and it goes in and out and in and out, and it's because it doesn't have a signal? It happens. It's the worst. I always thought that was, uh, you know, troubling, very troubling. I was always, you know, it's funny, in the winter, when the leaves are all gone, you don't have the problem. It's it's in the summer when it the, the trees are full that you don't the, the the radio doesn't come in. It drives you nuts too. It'll drive you nuts. It's gonna work now with the game over. You know, it's uh, one thirty to one twenty two. The game's gonna work now. Uh, oh, so they're, they're I think Mafia found a good feed here. But, He's going to listen, put it on in there. But wait, aren't they up eight? They're up eight with seven seconds But they're up eight, but do they have the ball? I don't think they have the ball. The Pelicans have the rock, but it doesn't matter. He just shot a horrible shot. So they got the rebound? Is it ending up eight? Raptor ball right now. Raptor ball, game over. They cover by one. Cover! Who cares about the highlights or watching as long as you cover the bet? Cover! Cover! Let's get that Laker Clipper game going, son, and go for a clean sweep tonight with a double cover. Shake out. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.